Well, good evening to everybody here. It's really fabulous that you're able to come and join with us this evening to celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, our King. Basically, this evening is going to almost run by itself. So um, readers are going to come and, and read and going to introduce songs, and we're going to just stand together and sing those songs together. So you won't hear much more from me until a little bit later. So I'd like to just raise a couple of, uh, of things, housekeeping items, as it were. Uh, the first is that if you need the loo, please feel free just to use them. They're off the corridor behind me, in, um, uh, the, the ladies behind me, and gents just a bit further around. Um, the the uh, disability access room uh, uh, loo is to my left, just off just behind the the, the coffee serving area. The other thing is if you have little children and they get a little bit fidgety, we're absolutely fine with a bit of noise. We really don't mind that. But if you do mind that, um, there is a relay room uh, to my left, just at the back, um, just that back door there, not to the outside, by the way. Uh, There's a room to my left at the back. You can go. It's all relayed in there, and uh, you'll be able to enjoy the carol service there. The other thing is um, fire exits, if there is a fire, are, 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 are signed. Our assembly point is in the car park. Just calmly make your way um, to that assembly point. That would be great. We're not expecting that just to, to hasten, just, just to add. Um, and the last thing is, uh, if you could turn your mobile phones off. Um, I don't mind a little bit of jingle bells um, randomly uh, popping up, but if you could f- turn your phone off, that would be amazing. Let me pray, and then we will begin with a great, um, a, a, a great um, carol. Father God, this evening, we have the opportunity to think and to share and to celebrate. May we do that together with great joy and with grateful hearts. May you hear our voices, may our lips sing of your praise, and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus, amen. Over to the choir. Rumba pum pum, 
<clears throat> John 1, verses 1 to 14. Our first reading comes from John's biography of Jesus. John starts by giving us an overview of God's work in this world in history. Starting from the beginning, John tells us about someone called the Word, meaning Jesus, who will be the light. By light, he means someone who will reveal God to us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let us stand to sing Joy to the World.
Genesis 3:18 to 15. Our second reading comes from the beginning of the Bible, just after Adam and Eve had disobeyed God. The consequence of their disobedience was to bring sin into the world. But God promises them that one day he would give a snake crusher, a man who would defeat the devil and death and restore humankind to a relationship with God. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The snake deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the snake, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. We will now sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
Our third reading is about an ancestor of Jesus called Abraham. Abraham believed in God, and God blessed him and saying that the promised snake crusher would be one of his descendants. This descendant would also one day be a blessing to all people in the world. Verse 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Our next carol is O Holy Night, and the first verse will be sung by the choir.
This reading is brought by Isaiah 9, verses 1 through to 7. 700 years before Jesus, and about a thousand years after Abraham, a prophet called Isaiah wrote about the coming of the Messiah, a man whom God would send to fulfill his promises to Abraham, Adam and Eve. Isaiah also talks about the light, the one who comes to show us who God is. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the lands of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's sing the Calypso carol together. The children will start us off by singing the first verse.
Reading 5, Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. Our fifth reading comes from Luke's account of Jesus' life, 700 years after Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah. Luke tells the story as it happened. He records the account of the virgin birth, which at the time would have been a big scandal. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will become called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of the father of David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who said is to be able to to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. We will now stand to sing glorious light.
Our sixth reading is again from the prophecy of Isaiah about Jesus. Here, he has a vision that describes the kind of kingdom that Jesus will rule over. And just by way of explanation, when he talks about the stump of Jesse, it's another way about talking about Jesus' ancestors who had fallen on hard times. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we praise you for what we celebrate this Christmas, the birth of your Son, Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. We praise you that this is what everything was pointing to. This is the moment that had been promised and foretold right the way through the Bible. And Father, we know that angels proclaimed on that evening that this was to be good news of great joy to all people. And we thank you that this evening, 2,000 years later, that hasn't changed. And people across the planet are celebrating as we are this news of great joy. This news of the most important person born to us. The one who reveals God to us. The one who came to offer peace and forgiveness. The one who died that we might have eternal life. And the one who is now risen and rules and reigns waiting to return. Father, may this Christmas we know and be in total awe at Jesus, this news of great joy for all people. And in his name we pray. Amen. Well, the choir will now sing for us, for unto us a son is born.
Um, Reading 7, Luke 2, verses 8 to 7. Our seventh reading this evening tells us of the joy of the angels and shepherds as they announce the birth of Jesus, the one promised by God so long ago. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which is just as they've been told. I'd like to invite Phil Velicott to come and give us the address. Thanks, Tabitha. Well, I heard a story of a dad and a daughter who had sat down together one evening to go through some homework problems. And in the middle of a particularly difficult problem, a text pinged up on the dad's phone. And it was a text from mum, and it read, What do you want from life? Now, the dad thought about it for a while, and he felt it was slightly random, but he thought he'd run with it. And he thought he'd take the opportunity and ask his daughter, What do you reckon of this question from mum? What do you want from life? Well, do you know, they had an amazing conversation. Uh, For ages, they just talked about dreams and hopes and aspirations. And after about 20 minutes, another text pinged up on the phone. It was from mum again. And the message went like this. Stupid predictive text. What I meant was, what do you want from Lidl? (laughs) Well, it illustrates how rarely we take the time to think about big things in life compared to the immediate little things. We rarely take the time to ask life's big questions. Who am I? What happens when I die? Because we're so taken up with the immediacy of our next food shop or tomorrow's to-do list. And Christmas time is probably a great illustration of this because our minds are full of thoughts about what we want for Christmas, and what we're going to give to a whole list of people, and whose turn it is to host Christmas this year. It's a very little kind of approach to the season. And when we look back at the first Christmas, we see that God was, on the one hand, concerned with the what do you want from little kind of questions. He cared about who was sleeping where what presents the new baby was going to get, who was going to be there to celebrate. 
But on the other hand, there was something bigger going on. That first Christmas, God was actually addressing the biggest question of all. What do you want from life? And God was also giving us his answer. And that answer is found in Isaiah chapter 9 that was read earlier. And in that passage, the first thing that God promises is this. Light to the world. Light to the world. Let me read those Isaiah verses. They're they're on the screen behind me. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So the baby born 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas was the great light that God had promised. It's one of the reasons why Christians at this time light candles all over the place and, and decide to decorate their Christmas trees with light because we're celebrating the light coming into the world. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And you might be wondering, well, what does it mean when it's talking about a people walking in darkness? Well, people like us have busy lives. We're worried by a broken world, and that means we often forget about bigger things. We forget about life. We forget about death. We forget about identity. We forget about God. For many of us here, the biggest darkness and gloom that has overshadowed our lives this year has been the shadow of death has been the shadow of brokenness. And if we're truthful, we don't know how to handle it. And then throw in the pain and hurt that we see around us, then no wonder the Bible tells us that we often feel like we are walking in a great darkness. But God says into this darkness, a light has dawned. As been said all through this carol service, when the Bible talks about light in this way, it's not talking about light bulb light. It's talking about a revelation of God. So when we hear the Bible talking about a great light, it's talking about the greatest revelation of God the world has ever known. But God's promise is this, when his light appears to us, the gloom and darkness will turn to joy. So that day of revelation will be massive. Let me read on in verse 3. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest. As warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. So when the light comes, it will be characterized by joy. A, a, a joy that you only expect uh, on, on a, a, a national celebration day or a great military victory or a massive harvest windfall. It, it would be a day like when prisoners are released from bondage or debt is forgiven, as the next verse says. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders. It's graphic images of, 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 of enslaved people who have just suddenly been released. It's a joy unfathomable, a joy unknowable, a joy just utterly inexplicable. It goes on, verse 5. Every warrior's boot 
used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. This great light will bring a peace that we just cannot comprehend on our own. In other words, there'll be no more need for fighting or battles. Army boots and jackets will be burned. There'll be fuel for the fire. Can you, can you just picture those beautiful graphic images? Wow, imagine a world like that. So the light will bring joy and peace and will reveal, reveal God to us. And it begs the question, what is this amazing light? Where do we find it? It's something that we want. The answer to those questions brings us to the second point. This will come through a child. That's what the next verse says in our passage. For unto us a child is born. We've just sung it. Unto us a child is born. Now just to be a little bit technical, that word for means everything that's just been described, all, all the joy, all, all, all the revelation, the light, will come through what is about to follow. That's why it starts off with four, a child is born. So the peace and revelation will be given through a child. Now, if I was hearing this for the first time, I think I'd be honestly saying, hang on, Isaiah, you're telling me that God is going to deal with the darkness of this world and the solution is a baby. Babies are great, Isaiah. Thank you. They bring delight, but they don't solve problems of death and suffering and the problems in the world we'll see all around us. But God says that he does. The darkness will be dissolved by the power of a child. And on the face of it, God's solution to this darkness seems weak. We're saying to God, look at the dark world we live in. Darkness because we don't know God. Darkness because of suffering. Darkness caused by humanity. And we're asking God, how are you going to help? And God's reply is, I'll send you a baby. What kind of an answer is that? Uh, could you imagine back in 1939... King George, the Queen's father, announcing that Britain is now at war with Germany and then saying, well, I know we're at war with Germany now, but don't worry. There's a woman I know who is pregnant. Her child will save our nation. It's weak, isn't it? But before we write this promise off, as another Christian fruitcake kind of answer to the world's darkness, look at how the child whom God has given us is described. He's no ordinary child. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, now, in the Hebrew culture, the name you gave a child carried significance. So as a parent, you chose a name that you thought would sum up all that you hoped for this child to be. So look at, again, these verses. Wonderful counselor. It describes someone with supernatural wisdom. Mighty God. Everlasting father. A classic, it's a kind of a classic double emphasis. Two things saying exactly the same thing. The child is not just a prophet. 
He's not just a good person. He's not just an angel. He's not just an interesting historical figure. The claim here is that the baby, God's gift, will be God himself. He will be the prince of peace. In other words, he will create a peace between us and God that will be magnificent, unparalleled. So that first Christmas, when God was actually addressing the biggest question of all, what do you want from life? We're beginning to see that his answer was to give us light, to give us a child. And this child is astoundingly good news for those of us who feel as though we are walking in darkness. And it's astounding news because of where it finishes. Listen to these verses because they describe the last thing that I want to point out this evening. And it's, it, it's, it's quite a long point, but it's just uh, so big that I couldn't squish it down to a few words. It's this. The child will rule in power and majesty and invites us to belong to his kingdom. Let me read to you the greatest promise in the Bible. Of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So who is this child? who's going to reign forever, who will be fully just, fully right with God and will establish his kingdom of peace that will endure forever? Well, these words were written by Isaiah around 700 BC. They're a prophecy looking forward to God's gift to this world. And when we look at the events of the first Christmas and the life of the baby that was born that day, we realize that all the words of this prophecy are fulfilled. They come true because of him, in him. The light of the world, the child, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the powerful, majestic ruler, God's answer to the question of what do we want from life, they are all different ways of describing one person only And his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As Jesus grew up, everyone knew he was special, that he was from God. Crowds followed him everywhere. Thousands witnessed his miracles and heard his astonishing teaching. When you read his biographies, the the, the Gospels in the Bible, just... Yeah, I'll tell you about them in a minute. When you read those Gospels, those biographies, you see how people respond to him. People, rich and poor, intellectual and not, people are astonished by him, whatever their background. And those Gospels tell how Jesus told people that he is God. And how he went around doing God-like things. You know, once Jesus was on a boat, there was a raging storm around the boat on the sea. It was threatening to to swamp the boat. And he went and stood up and said to the raging storm, be still, and it obeyed. He healed the sick. 
He cast out demons. He, even, he was even brought to a dead little girl. And he said to her, little girl, I tell you, get up. And she obeyed. The life was brought back to, into her body. Her soul was awakened. And the dead little girl obeyed Jesus, just like the raging storm obeyed Jesus. And all those miracles, all his teaching, his death, his resurrection, tell us what characterizes his kingdom that he invites us into. He is the king who has come into the world to save the world from the darkness, not to judge the world. He said that. He came to rule with peace, oh, such a peace, with grace, with justice, and not with swords and power and force like we see all the nations raging around us try to do. He came to be the light, the great revelation of God the Father. So we can see him personally. So we can belong to his kingdom. So we can know him. So this Christmas, this Christmas, I hope that the what you want from little questions are, 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 are beautiful. I hope you have a lovely time with friends, with family, with good food, with rest for those of us who feel overworked. But my bigger hope is that you also take the time to think about the bigger question. What do you want from life? And as you ask that question, Consider God's incredible answer. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord. You know, we've put on every third chair an invitation uh, for everyone to, to take and explore the person of Jesus for yourself. And it's our invitation that simply says, come and look at him with us. On the, on the big flyer, in, uh, on, a, on your chair or the chair next to you, you'll find an invitation to Christianity Explored and Christianity Explored Light. Uh, the uh, CE Light, oh, it's a CE Christianity Explored. CE Light is simply just a taster. Come along, we've got a meal prepared for you. You can bring any question about God, about Jesus, about the Gospels that you might have. We promise we will not laugh we will, not, uh, we will not dismiss you. We will answer every question you might have. That's great, isn't it? And we won't ask you to do anything silly or anything you don't want to do. It's simply just a chance for you to have a taste. Find out for yourself. Ask that big question. What do you want from life? Let's see if this person of Jesus is everything that God has said he is in the passage that we've looked at today. There's also the, the little red booklet on your chairs is a gospel. It's, um, it's not from the AV. In other words, it's not got these and thous, but it's been faithfully translated into a modern English that you and I can understand quite easily. And it's yours to take home. It's yours to read. And can I just say, as you read it, here's my favorite thing to do. As you read it, just spot people's responses. You know, you'll find, I think it's about actually around about Mark chapter 5, you'll find that Jesus is so, so popular that the crowds nearly crush him. 
their responses of real people to someone who can touch a sick person and they are truly and genuinely healed. Imagine that. He's not some kind of fraud. He's a really, really genuine God come to this world. Read it for yourself and look at those responses. They're responses of people like you and me seeing a man who can truly answer that question. What do you want from life? It's amazing, isn't it? Join us on the 20th of January if you can. Read the gospel if you can. It's our gift to you. And I will hand back... Oh, I'm not going to... I'm going to hand back to Karen, who's going to come up here, but we're going to sing Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. It's a great song about that newborn king.
In modern Western society, the story of Jesus' birth is sometimes considered to be a fairy tale. But fairy tales don't go to great lengths to convince us of history. Here, Luke is careful to record times and dates. He wants us to see a saviour who comes into history, so that we might know God for ourselves. Our penultimate reading comes from the second chapter of Luke's biography. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and he was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. The choir will now sing a couple of carols from the Benjamin Britten Ceremony of Carols.
Matthew 2, 1 to 11. The last reading this evening is about the wise men who travelled from foreign countries to see Jesus. It's the first fulfilment of what God promised Abraham thousands of years before, that all nations would be blessed by him. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him, with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Our our final carol uh, to close this service uh, is O Come All Ye Faithful. After that, the the choir are going to continue to sing a, a, a number of more popular Christmassy songs, um, but feel free to stay and listen, uh, or make your way to the foyer, um, grab a mince pie um, and other festive treats before I eat them all. Um, or if you'd like to grab a mince pie and a festive treat and bring it in to listen, continue to listen to the choir, uh, do that. That would be great. And can I just say, thank you all for coming this evening. It's been a joyful time. Thank you to the choir, the children, um, and all the musicians. And let me wish you all the merriest of Merry Christmases ever. Um, We're going to stand now and let's sing, O Come, All Ye Faithful.
His goodness and His grace to show the brightness of His smile, the glory of His face. You can't have faith. Let go down. Right. Where are the ending? 